You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, January 5th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy joined by Patrick Murphy, who is playing sick today. Patrick tested positive for COVID yesterday. I was already going to have him on the show. Then he tested positive for COVID last night. And I'm like, oh, I'll get somebody else. You know, I hope you're feeling okay, man. And he's like, I, I, feel, I feel pretty good. I can still do the show. I'm thinking, get your rest. You don't need to do the show, but you, you're, you're just, you're a warrior. How are you feeling this morning, man? Not too bad. My voice sounds uh, kind of crappy here, but uh, which is new <laughs> this morning. Um, yeah, I, uh, I was a little achy the other day, sore throat, as you can tell, uh, headache, things like that, but nothing too, too bad and figured it was worth getting tested given we were on the road for over a week <clears throat> and uh, yeah, came back positive. So I'll be hanging a lot, hanging out at home. Steve and I won't be going. Well, I won't be going to Indiana for basketball on Thursday. Um, yeah, it'll uh, it uh, it changed things um, in terms of my plans this week and and next week. But could be a lot worse. I have some other friends that have tested positive and felt way worse. So uh, you know, thus far, I'm thankful that uh, it's not too bad. So you got it some point while covering the Rose Bowl, not the game itself. Well, you, I, don't, I don't know when you got it. You got it sometime during the trip to LA. But zero regrets, or as the tattoo says, zero regrets, right? I mean, you love being in L.A. You love covering the Rose Bowl. Even though you got COVID, no regrets, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I love L.A. anyway, but getting to cover that game, I tweeted it out after the game. Actually, I was surprised that I got some negative responses to that, but I said that I sent a picture of the, the empty stadium and said that, you know, it's in my opinion, it's the best place to watch a college football game when it's the Rose Bowl. I know it's not great for UCLA. Um, <laughs> I love Ohio Stadium. I love a lot of the, the places we get to travel to covering this team. Um, but for the Rose Bowl, the, the bowl game, the event is so cool. The, the setting is so cool. And I know there's a lot of politics behind it and whether or not it should run the bowl season and, and things like that. And I, you know, I think we could debate that for a while. But the actual game itself... Um, you know, and, and usually it's a pretty good game and we got a really good one, obviously, last Saturday. So, yeah, it was awesome. No regrets for sure. Yeah, the Rose Bowl is one of the most beautiful settings in sports, period, in oh, my yeah. opinion. Yeah. You know, when the, the sun sets on, on the San Gabriel Mountains, I mean, that the beginning of the fourth quarter, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It was, little, um, it was a little earlier this game. Like, I went to go take a picture and the sun was already and by the fourth quarter. It had already come down too far. So I missed the, the iconic image. Yeah, we were we were there three years ago, and it was perfect. I remember yeah. um, for the Washington game, it was like right at the fourth quarter. It was a very sunny day anyway, and um, yeah, I mean it's beautiful in Pasadena. There's no yeah, doubt about it. The Rose Bowl. One of the guys working at the media hotel, uh, one of the volunteers, told me that because it was raining the first few days we were out there, like really raining. I mean, like uncharacteristically heavy for LA, and uh, we he said that in the 
history of the Rose Bowl parade, which goes back to like 1888 or something, the, the parade, not necessarily the game. It is always, almost always sunny. He said nine times in the however many years that is, it has rained for the Rose Bowl Jeez. parade. And so the sun came out and it was great. Um, the grass on that field is the best grass I've ever seen. Uh, you know, just, just, it's, it's an awesome experience. You know, I, I walked around on the feet, well, around the field for a long time before the game, just to take it all in. So yeah, like I said, no regrets. Do the best grass I've ever seen. I'm not even joking about this. It was a softball complex in Tifton, Georgia. I played all baseball right. growing up, but I also played slow pitch softball on this traveling team. We went to a national tournament. We actually went there two different years. Tifton, Georgia, this little town in Georgia, had this amazing – the outfields there were just absolutely pristine. It was like you're on like a putting green. I've never seen anything like it. Completely random. But that's the best grass I've ever seen was um, Tifton, Georgia, and this awesome softball complex. I tell you what's not the best field turf is Ohio Stadium, uh, but they're getting that replaced this offseason. Yeah. We're going to get into more about the Rose Bowl later. Um, I'm glad you had a good time out there. I feel bad you got COVID, um, but I'm glad you're feeling good overall. Well, not good, but could be worse. Let's get into some recruiting. Let's get into some recruiting real quick before we get back into the Rose Bowl, what that means going forward and uh, what it means. You know, I also want to get into the 2022 Buckeyes in general. Um, but what a big get yesterday in recruiting for the Buckeyes. Carson Hinsman, uh, offensive lineman out of Wisconsin. It was down to the Buckeyes and the Badgers. I mean, it does help that Joe Rudolph, uh, Wisconsin's offensive line coach, just took the job at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech gave him kind of a fancy title, gave him more money for those that are wondering, why would you leave Wisconsin to go to Virginia Tech just to, for, a, you know, same position? Well, they gave him a fancy assistant head coach title and run game coordinator, and I'm sure, um, you know, a lot more money. But Carson Hensman, to get him out of Wisconsin, what a good get. Number six interior offensive lineman in the country. He's six foot four, 280 pounds. He's ranked as the number 134 overall player in the country. Uh, gives Ohio State four offensive linemen in their 2022 class. 20th commitment overall in the 2022 class. I love this. Kid out of Hammond, Wisconsin. Carson Hensman. Good get for the Buckeyes. Great get for the Buckeyes, Pat. For sure. I mean, obviously, offensive line, not the sexiest position, um, you know, but you need those guys, right? And we've seen what happens when you don't have those guys at Ohio State, the, the really talented offensive lineman. Um, so, yes, a big get. I think I saw on Twitter that this is either the, the fourth or fifth offensive or Wisconsin player that Ohio State's ever landed. So not often they go in there and beat the Badgers for a guy that the Badgers want, which is weird because most other states, they, they win a lot of those competitions. But, uh, yeah, huge get. Um, I think, you know, you, you, you remember when Urban came in and his first thing was, fix the trenches for Ohio state. And obviously for the most part, that's been a strength, both, uh, both sides of the ball for the Buckeyes since then. Um, but you always have to be on top of that. You always have to be bringing in more talent, developing these guys. It is a developmental position. So, you know, very few guys can step in right away, regardless of how talented they are, but yeah, definitely a big get. I think it's uh, I think it's really important that the Buckeyes continue to land top offensive linemen and, and Hinsman certainly meets that criteria. And they might land a big-time defensive tackle three days from now. The uh, All-American Bowl is Saturday in San Antonio. Hero Canoe. I mean, right now, I mean, well, you've got crystal balls from the Dean, Bill Curlick, the Fong, Steve Wilfong, to Ohio State for Hero Canoe. I mean, that kind of tells you everything you need to know right there. I mean, you know, you never say never in recruiting. I get that. But 
when the Dean and the Fong have put in a crystal ball for a player to Ohio State, that's as close to a lock as we're going to get. Hero Canoe will announce at the Army All-American Bowl. No, it's not the Army All-American Bowl anymore. It's just the All-American Bowl. Really, the 24-7 Sports All-American Bowl. Um, six foot five, 293 pounds, the number 18 defensive lineman in the country. Number 105 overall player in the country. High four-star young man out of Santa Margarita, California. Uh, I love this, Pat. Uh, let's, and again, it's not official, Buck Nutters, but eh, it's pretty close to official. Yeah, I got to see Hero work out a couple times over the summer at some of those recruiting camps that Ohio State had. Um, really talented. I liked what I saw from him. Moves really well for, for a big guy. You know, he's from, I believe it's Sweden um, originally and, and came over in that program that uh, does, that brings football players over from, from Europe. And uh, you said living out in California, going to high school there. He's, uh, he's a really nice kid, really great kid. I interviewed him twice. I really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, he's a big soccer fan, so that helped uh, helped us connect <laughs> some things. But, uh, yeah. yeah, super talented. Again, you get those guys in the trenches, either side of the ball, that's important. Ohio State's losing a number of guys in those positions, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So adding another guy, again, a guy who will probably not have to play right away, but um, you know, can certainly step in when needed. You know, Larry Johnson, obviously the best in the business in developing these guys, rotating these guys in to get them experience. So, you know, you, you can understand why a guy like that would want to come to Ohio State. And his talent is, uh, is certainly Buckeye level. I love the trend of guys that just American football is catching on more in Europe in general. It's never going to be huge over there. Probably it's kind of big in Germany and you're seeing more guys come over there and play in college football. I mean, Greg Shiano's doing a good job of that. Rutgers had three guys on their team um, from Europe this year. I think they're all coming back next year too. Um, one of them couldn't make it back in time for, for their bowl games. They had like a week, a week yeah. notice that they were filling in um, for their bowl game. All right, so we'll see if the Buckeyes get Hero Canoe on Saturday. Again, he will make his announcement at the All-American Bowl, looking very good for the Buckeyes to land that talented prospect. All right, now let's switch gears, Patrick. Let's get into the Rose Bowl itself and just not so much looking back on, you know, the nuts and bolts of that game, but just, you know, psychologically, just momentum-wise, how important that is uh, from your perspective going into 2022. I feel like it's a fantastic springboard. You obviously don't want to finish your season with two straight losses. And, um, you know, like I've said on the show before, I, I, you know, after they lost to Michigan, I was like, yeah, Rose Bowl, who cares? You know, not who cares, but eh, not, not, not going to be that excited about it. I was excited about it. Turns out that it was one of the most exciting Ohio State games I've ever watched. And, but more importantly, I think it's a, a big, big thing for Ohio State momentum wise going into 2022. Absolutely. I mean, I think on the offensive side of the ball, you knew the Buckeyes were going to be good. But you, you hadn't seen them without both Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Um, you hadn't seen them without Nicholas Petit-Frere. Obviously, you'll still lose some guys from the offensive side of the ball, but the vast majority are coming back. And the fact that they put up 600-plus yards on, on a pretty good Utah team, very impressive. C.J. Stroud, I think, will be motivated. He talked about it. He didn't like finishing fourth in the Heisman voting, which is ironic because – at the Disneyland experience where, which is the first time we got to talk to those guys. Uh, he told me he didn't pay attention to that and then told somebody else that he was pissed that he finished fourth. But regardless, uh, the defense side of the ball is really where I think there's possible momentum building. Um, you know, it's only one game. It's only one half really, but a number of those guys, you know, said enough is enough at halftime in the locker room. And I wrote about it. Demario McCall was a guy who stepped up. He didn't play much, uh, I think he was out there for special teams, but um, stepped up in the locker room, 
talked, you know, see, he compared it to Paris Campbell, Terry McLaurin, guys that he was, was listening to when he was a younger player, obviously was on the offensive side of the ball then. So, you know, they, they, I think they made a statement that yes, it wasn't perfect. And, you know, even in the second half when they only allowed, I think it was 139 yards and 10 points, there were still issues, but for the most part, it was like, oh, this is the Buckeye defense that we should see week in and week out. And I still think they need to figure out personnel. The fact that they have running backs and tight ends playing linebacker is, is a bit concerning. Um, but you do have Jim Knowles coming in. We'll see what he does with the staff. But I think that's a positive for him to build on is the Rose Bowl, is it just the way they played in that second half. Yeah, let's get into uh, Jim Knowles. Um, talked a lot about him on the show. I'm curious now, like we've had a lot of people on Bucknuts ask us, when are you guys going to get a chance to interview Coach Knowles for the first time? And my answer is, I don't know, but I cannot wait to interview him. Like, I, it's like, um, it reminds me, ironically, when Ryan Day and when Kevin Wilson were hired at the same time, Kevin Wilson was the one everybody couldn't wait to talk to. Like, he was the offensive coordinator. They also had this uh, quarterback's coach, co-offensive coordinator coming in named yeah. Ryan Day. It's hilarious. That was five years ago that all that happened. It's still funny to me to this day. But I cannot wait to interview Jim Knowles. You usually have a pretty good feel for these things. I'm guessing later this month, but and no later than than signing day. What's now the late signing day, first Wednesday of February? I think that would be the absolute latest we would interview him. I'm hoping it's sometime this month. Have you heard anything on that front? No. When we were in LA, Jerry Emig, the SID, said you know he'd definitely get that lined up. He wanted to get back and and kind of talk to Jim once he got here and things like that. So um, I think it's coming. I do think it'll probably be before signing day. I think, you know, let's have those be separate things. I think that's a lot to do on one day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Ryan Daven said when he was asked about it at the early signing period, you know, that we would have that opportunity. So they are very much aware that we are eager. Fans are eager to hear from him. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be this month. When exactly? I don't know. I hope my voice is better by then. That's for sure. <laughs> We'll get you out of here on this. Um, and you can take a drink of water. As you, I don't know if that's going to cure your, uh, your, your throat problem, having one drink of water. But if you want to drink, uh, get a drink of water, as I asked you this last question, feel free. All right, so the last thing here. So sounds like Matt Barnes is on the move. Sounds like he's going to be the defensive coordinator at Memphis. That's not official yet, I don't think. But that's what we're hearing. That's what everybody's hearing, it sounds like. I think it is official. Um, I think Memphis announced it. Okay, so it is official. Thank you very much. Um, you know. Yeah, so, okay, so Matt Barnes on the move to Memphis. Big question now is Kerry Combs. It sounds like Kerry Combs is going to be on the move, too. And this makes sense to me that, um, that Jim Knowles will be able to come in and at least hire um, some guys for his staff. I think he's going to you know, retain Larry Johnson, probably out Washington. Um, but, you know, now he's going to get a chance to, uh, you know, have at least one guy, maybe, maybe two guys that he's going to hire. So it sounds like Kerry Combs is on the move. Is that, is that what you're hearing as well? It would not surprise me if that is the case. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is in terms of keeping Kerry Combs, obviously his work with the cornerbacks. So if he were willing to take a demotion, take a pay cut, you know, Jim Knowles likes what he does. Obviously that's the key for, for all of these guys is, is what Jim Knowles thinks. Right. But um, you know, the recruiting that Kerry Combs does has been great. His work with cornerbacks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that makes the most sense that he would be a guy that moves on, um, you know, probably to take a, a, a role similar to what he initially had at Ohio State somewhere else. Um, you know, maybe he has interest in going back to the NFL. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think it would not surprise me if, he, if he's the one that moves on. And, honestly, I think Jim Knowles will evaluate this staff when he gets here. You know, if, if 
my feel for this is right. He's going to run the defense. And, and, you know, Ryan Day will still have some say and things like that, but you need to let him run the defense. And that includes the staff. Um, I think your read on which guys make the most sense to keep is spot on. But, you know, if he gets in and thinks that, hey, I can bring somebody in that's, that's maybe a little bit better with the linebackers. And he coached linebackers too back in the day. So, um, you know, I, I think he'll make these decisions once he gets here, once he starts working with these guys. Yeah, I think part of the um, the deal um, for him to come here wasn't just the money, although the money helped, basically $2 million a year. I think they had to, you know, tell him, you will be able to pick your staff. You know, you will, you know, you're, you will run this defense. It, and Ryan Day always turns over the defense to his defensive coordinator or coordinators, plural, anyway. But I think they had to tell him, you know, you're not going to be – no coaches are going to be forced upon you, Jim Knowles. You're going to be able to retain who you want and bring in who you want. Um, you will be running this defense, just like you said, Patrick Murphy. All right, let's get you out of here. Get, hey, get your rest, my friend. We can hold the fort down. Um, I appreciate you playing sick and uh, playing hurt and joining me here on the Bucknuts Morning 5. Thank you very much to Patrick Murphy for his knowledge. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day. Get some rest, Pat. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. For drag queens to save the world. Drag queens save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.